0: Some of you know that I love running, and uh, I am frequently on the trails in the mountains running. It's one of my favorite things to do, and uh, when I run, sometimes, I don't always, but sometimes I put earbuds, and I run, and I'll run to music, and occasionally I'll be like, I don't know what to listen to, and so I'll put on a soundtrack. One of my favorite soundtracks of all time to listen to is Forrest Gump. It's so good, and uh, if you've seen the movie Forrest Gump, I mean, this journey that this man goes through, and it's all this awesome music from the 60s and the 70s, and here's here's the thing about a soundtrack. Whoever puts those together, they're carefully crafting music to take you on a journey. They're putting all this music together to take you somewhere, to tell a story. Occasionally, we'll go to a movie and be like, that was an awful soundtrack. The music didn't make sense. It was awful. Um, but occasionally, you'll go to a movie, and the best movies are the ones that, like, man, I don't, I don't even know that I even realized the music was playing behind the scenes because it just emphasized the message and the point so much. Um, so I took, I took a selfie of me running the other day, and... Uh, listening to the Forrest Gump soundtrack. I don't know why all these people were running behind me, but they were. Um, I'm just joking, that's not me, if you didn't know, but uh, that's my goal. It's just the long beard, the long hair. I'm just joking with you. (laughs) Wow, you guys really don't want that, so I won't do that. No, in this part of the movie, though, Something happens in Forrest Gump's life, and he just starts running. He just starts running. He doesn't know what to do, he just starts running. And he runs, and he runs. For three years, two months, 14 days, and 16 hours, he runs. And right here, there's a spot. Actually, you can drive here. Uh, There's a spot, it's called Forrest Gump Road, I think is what it's called, but Forrest Gump Highway and uh, it's Monument Valley, Utah, and you can go, and you can ta- actually take a selfie here. I'm to That's one of my goals, bucket list, is actually to take the picture, and you guys can see how big my beard is by then, and so we'll do that. But it's at this point, if you know the story, if you know the movie, Forrest Gump stops. He just stops, and all these people, he's gathered all these people running behind him. Some people are looking for, not you guys, but... Some people are looking for something inspiring to follow. I'm just joking. We're all looking for that, but a few people start running behind Forrest Gump, and then he stops, and he says, "This, I'm tired. I think I'll go home now." That's all he says. I'm tired. I think I'll go home now. How many of you are tired? How many of you feel like, at times, you are just drifting through life? Like, why am I running? Why am I running? I feel like I've been running for three years, two months, 14 days, 16 hours, and I'm just running. I'm just tired. I think I'll go home now. How about saying it this way? What I hoped would happen didn't happen like I thought it was going to happen, what I hoped would happen, didn't happen like I thought it was going to happen. All of life, (laughs) all of life, every day, sometimes it feels like that. And it leaves you frustrated, leaves you sad, unenergized, disappointed. And then that's when the voices kick in the voices start telling you like, you should have this figured out. You should be skinnier than you are, or more muscular than you are, or you're too muscular, or you're too skinny, or you've been working so hard, shouldn't you have accomplished this, this, and this, and this by now? Shouldn't your bank account be this by now? Shouldn't this? Whatever those voices are for you, I'm not a good enough mom. I'm not a good enough manager those soundtracks start playing in the back of our minds. What I hoped would happen didn't happen like I thought it was going to happen. And the voices you want to hear aren't the voices you hear anymore. It's a dry season. It's a hard season when that happens. And that feels like everybody I talk to, I ask, how are you doing? And the number one answer I get is I'm tired. I'm tired. I have felt like that at different seasons of my life. I'm just tired. And here's what I think is happening. I think the soundtrack to our life is a little bit more like a shuffle. It's just on random. And the voices we listen to are kinda random. And we wake up in the morning, and we just kind of go out the door, and then the music starts playing, and there's nobody behind the scenes kind of orchestrating this voice and this voice and this voice. This is going to tell you a great story. Many of us just wake up, and we just go, and our life is more like a shuffle. When we try to listen to God, more like a shuffle. Sometimes we just open the Bible and just point to a verse. God, speak to me. I need you. Nathaniel was the leader of the family of Jedediah. That's not helpful. <laughs> so today, I want to talk about how do we hear God in one way. This is not the only way. This one way. And I want to really give you some practical tips. I want to dive into a story and give you some practical t- tips on how to hear God through what I believe is the greatest soundtrack that we have. The greatest soundtrack that we have is the story that has been written long before us and will continue after us. It's the story that leads us to Jesus. In a spiritual language, this is called intentional formation versus unintentional formation, okay? When I wake up in the morning and I just live my life and I just go on random, go on shuffle, that is unintentional formation. And I I guarantee there are people that are directing you where they want you to go. All you have to do is wake up. And people will form you. You will be formed. Everybody, in other words, everybody is the disciple of something. Everybody is following something. And if you're not intentional about it, you might end up on a road in Utah, saying, I'm tired, I think I'm gonna go home now. And that's exactly what God says, come home, come home. Joe said it this way, the voices we listen to will determine the quality and direction of your life. A couple weeks ago, the voices we listen to, and he gave a number of those voices, but the voices we listen to will determine the quality and direction of your life. And if we're not intentional about the voices that we're listening to, the world will give you voices, and I guarantee you they will not always be the voices that lead you to where you want to go. Versus this, the teachings of Jesus are meant to liberate us from the patterns of thinking and acting that sabotage and destroy a meaningful life. The teachings of Jesus, that's the voice that will liberate us. The teachings of Jesus, that's the voice that will help us move from The voices, the negative voices in our head, the repeating voices. It's like the bad soundtrack. You just can't get it out of your mind. It just replays and replays and replays and replays and replays. You got to get a different soundtrack. We got to get a different soundtrack playing in our minds. Otherwise, those other voices, I guarantee they don't have your best interest in mind, but Jesus does. The most meaningful life, I believe comes through Jesus. Now, how do, we, how do we carefully craft the soundtrack? How do we become a DJ that's intentional about the voices we're listening to? I want to walk through a story, and it's Luke chapter 24. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I love this story, and I picture myself in this story. So I want you to, to try to, as I read this, pull out your Bible if you want. If you have a phone, you can follow along with us. Just try to imagine yourself, in this story, it starts with there are two followers of Jesus. So you and somebody else. It just happens one of them is named Cleopas. Well, you know, so just pretend you have a friend named Cleopas. <laughs> you and Cleopas are walking seven miles from Jerusalem on the road to Emmaus. Emmaus is a small little town. You were in the big city. It's like you were in Scottsdale. And you're gonna walk to Fountain Hills, right? I'm just joking. I'm not trying to pick on you Fountain Hills, just small little town right outside. All the action was happening in Scottsdale. (laughs) Yeah, you guys are with me, all right. They're walking seven miles. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that happened. Okay, so the context here. It's Sunday. The disciples, not the male disciples, the female disciples, just went to the tomb. Jesus is gone. They reported this. Peter runs to the tomb because we always need a man's approval. No, take the female's word for it, he's gone. I'm sorry, that was, maybe it was out of line a little bit. <laughs> if my wife told me, he's gone, I'd believe you. I love you, babe. Um, what I hoped would happen didn't happen like I thought it was going to happen he's gone what do you mean he's gone so these two disciples they decide to leave so you and Cleopas you decide let's well I guess there's nothing for me in Scottsdale anymore let's go back let's go back to Emmaus today they don't even wait let's wait and see what happens no let's just let's let's go back I guess it's done I guess it's over Jesus is dead Somebody must have stolen his body or something because he's not there. So, as they talked and discussed these things, somebody started walking next to him. He says, Well, like, what are you guys talking about? I love it. Just, what are you, what are you discussing? And they stop with sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, not you, thank goodness, not you, Cleopas answers, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who has not heard about all these things that have happened here in the last few days. What things? The person asked, what things? Things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said, he was a prophet, He did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people, but our leading priests and other religious leaders, they handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. They killed him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. We had hoped that things would work out differently than they worked out. We had hoped, and now we're sad, and we're disappointed. Hmm. When you think about your life, what are you hoping for? Is it Jesus? I love this. Jesus. That's the third person who's walking next to him. They don't even realize it. Jesus said to them, you you foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? And then this, this is my favorite part. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from the scriptures all the things concerning himself. It's like a Bible study with Jesus. I mean, it's just, can you imagine? So seven, seven miles, It's a couple hours walk. Just imagine him going through story after story after story. Like, dude, you know, like, you know a lot about this Bible, you know. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus, and at the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he was going on because he's busy. You know, resurrected life. It's got a, a high agenda. There's a lot of things for Jesus to do. So they begged him, stay the night with us. It's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread, broke it, blessed it, gave it to them to eat. Suddenly their eyes were open, and they recognized him. Now, A couple nights earlier, Jesus sat down with his disciples, broke his bread, told them this is the fulfillment of everything. He broke the bread. Here's here's tip number one. If Jesus comes to your house and offers to pray, let him pray. (laughs) You know what? I had this whole prayer written out, this thing we were going to do, but you pray, okay? You bless the food. Just imagine that. You have a guest over. You just met on the road. You pray. You go ahead, you know, like... We're pretty sad. We're pretty broken up. What we hoped would happen didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen. And they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. What a cool story, right? This is a cool story. Did you imagine yourself there? Can you imagine yourself there? Here's, here's the key. So if you're going to tune out the rest of the time, I'll just give, give you the key, and then we'll, we'll talk through it. But scripture is the soundtrack and story of God's involvement in the world. Jesus clearly says, you know what's, what's interesting is he shows back up to his disciples and he does the same thing thing just a few verses over later then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures when he shows back up in jerusalem he shows back up to his disciples and again takes them through the bible like this is really important this isn't just a one-off thing like jesus said this is really important that you understand the soundtrack that you are listening to and how i have come to fulfill that soundtrack so how do we read the bible How do we read the Bible as God's soundtrack? That's the question today. I'm going to walk through three things and give you some some practical tips here. Three words. Environment, Jesus, action. Can you say that with me? Environment, Jesus, action. One more time. Environment, Jesus, action. Okay, here we go. Environment. Here's the question. Am I creating an environment for God to speak to me? A lot of times we say, well, I wanna hear God's voice, but it's often it's in rush hour. Or when I'm putting the kids to bed and I'm tired. Woo, God, just speak to me, give me a little bit, just a little bit here. We ask for God's voice at the most inconvenient times. We don't pay attention to the environment and the setting that we're in. It'd be like asking a mentor, hey, I want you to come, give me all the wisdom you have. Meet me at the bounce house at three o'clock. No, you're not gonna hear Jesus in a bounce house at three o'clock at the kids party. That's just not gonna happen. So you have to think about the environment in which you're asking God to speak into your life. You know, it's really interesting. So the disciples were walking along and talking about all the things that had happened. Jesus shows up when they're walking and talking. The environment was right but their hearts weren't right. You see, they were still caught in their hopelessness instead of hopefulness. They were still caught in the things that we hoped for didn't work out the way I thought they were going to work out. And so Jesus doesn't get revealed to them at that point. He shows up. And I feel like a lot of times that, that happens to me. Like, man, I, I will sit down with my Bible and I'll open it. I got two minutes, God, speak. <sighs> He's like, I'm, I'm here. I never left, just so you know. Like, I'm not anywhere else, but you're probably not going to hear my voice or at least you're not going to recognize me because it's on your timetable. It's on your agenda And then later, did not our hearts burn? Like there was a burning sensation. Was that just indigestion or was that God speaking to me? Did not our hearts burn as he was walking through this story? You see, we approach God looking for a specific answer to a specific problem. And God's so much bigger than that. God is so much bigger than that. I'm not saying we shouldn't ever do that or talk about specific questions like, God, I really need career advice or money advice or investing advice, but I think what God is more concerned with is you becoming the kind of person who makes good decisions because of the wisdom that has been imparted to you. You won't find, oh, here's my career, Uh, Luke 23, perfect. No, you're not going to find that. But you will find that Jesus is forming you into the kind of person that will say, what are the gifts and talents that I have and how can I match them with the needs that exist in the world? And over time, I will gain more and more clarity about what that is. And whatever you're going through, challenge with a spouse or family issues or money issues, like over time, as I get formed into the image of Jesus, I will be capable of answering the questions that I need to answer. It's on his table, though, not on mine. I love this, John 10, 27. Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and I answer every question they ever had. Oh, I know them, and they follow me. And so often, we're like, Jesus, keep up. Keep up. This is not working out. I'm running. I'm three years in. I've been running. You need to keep up, and you better answer me right now. And Jesus is like, wrong direction. Three years, wrong direction, you know? I thought the Rocky Mountains would be a whole lot rockier than this. The real power is when they invited Jesus into their home and they put their agendas aside and said, you know what, let's just have dinner. And then Jesus takes over. And When Jesus takes over, their eyes are opened. When Jesus takes over your life, if you really want to hear God, don't make it be on your agenda. Sit and create an environment for God to show up and let him be in control. And when you do that, Jesus will show up in your life. He will speak to you. I promise you. Challenge me. Try it. Open up God's word and read on his timetable, not you looking for answers. Mother Teresa didn't just one day start hearing God. (laughs) She set aside time to open Scripture, and just listen. Just listen. Are we doing that? Question two: How does this verse or passage point to Jesus? I love it. You know, Jesus in the road to Emmaus. He says, "You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe." all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. It was all about me. It was all about me. We should read the Bible with a lens for Jesus now that we know the end of the story. We don't go back to the beginning of the story and say, hmm, I wonder how it's gonna turn out. You know the end of the story. We know the end of the story. Jesus is alive. He's not in the tomb because he's alive and he wants to be involved in your life today. It changes everything. Jesus, at one point, the, the Pharisees are arguing with him, and he actually says this, you search the scriptures because you think that they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. All of it points to me. Frank Viola and Leonard Sweet wrote a book About it all points to Jesus. And they say this the Father, the Holy Spirit, the angels, all of creation, the scriptures, the early apostles' ministries all point their fingers to Jesus. The spotlight of heaven and earth never leaves Christ. He is the melody, the harmony, the rhythm, the tempo, the music behind everything. The heavens and the earth sing His song and they play His tune. How good is that? Jesus is the soundtrack. If you're hearing a different soundtrack, you're probably not listening to the right songs. Jesus is the focus of everything. Like we sang this morning, you are worthy of your name. Nobody else is worthy, but Jesus is worthy. He is the centerpiece of all of history. H.G. Wells, a known atheist, Even said, I cannot deny that Jesus is the very center of history. He's the center of everything. So we should study the life and teachings of Jesus. And with others as much as possible. Because sometimes I get into this rut of thinking I know exactly who Jesus is. And then somebody else shows up and they're like, well, I actually feel like it's this. And I'm like, ooh, I never thought of that. When we're in community when we're grouping with other people around the teachings of Jesus, that's why two or more are gathered. That's where Jesus, Not that you shouldn't have your alone time and open scripture, but I think there's two disciples here and he shows up to two disciples for a reason because when two people are together, you can challenge and talk and, and, and discuss. Like, is what I'm hearing here, is this, is this what you're hearing? And that's where, you know, it's really helpful to have good friends that can walk through the scriptures with you and pray for you. I have an old Toyota. It's a Toyota 4Runner. 2004, 160,000 miles on it. And it's still going strong. I love Toyotas. But imagine I decided I'm going to go get a new car. It's probably time. Some of you are judging me right now. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> Camera's time to get a new car. OK, fine. I get a new car, and I take the manual that comes with the car. And I start reading the manual. I was like, "This is great." I take out my pen and I start underlining, circling, highlighting things. All of a sudden, I start memorizing parts of it. Like, "This is really helpful. This is really helpful." I now know how to go into four-wheel drive. That's great. I got a lot of knowledge here. You know what? I'm going to find a group of other people that like Toyotas. Let's get together once a week. Well, we'll open the manual and we'll talk about it. You know, I'll share what stood out to me this week, you share what stood out to you this week. Maybe we'll get Lindsey and Joe to write some tunes and they can sing some of the manual together and, and we'll just, we'll like, we'll show up, it'll be great. Oh, you know what, Toyota, that's Japanese. I'm gonna start learning Japanese so I can really get at the root of what were they trying to say here. Man. You'd say, that's not the point, Cameron. The point of the manual is not to know the Japanese, it's to drive the car. The point of the manual is to drive the car. The point of the Bible is Jesus. The point of scripture is to bring you to Jesus, a relationship with him. If you're getting anything else out of this, you're probably reading it wrong. Get around some other people to help you start reading it more rightly (laughs) in a way that leads to Jesus because that is the soundtrack of the entire story is Jesus. The Bible is not just for information. It's for transformation. (laughs) Question three. In light of God's wisdom and voice, now that I'm reading this, I'm creating the right environment, I'm looking for Jesus. What action am I to take? What am I to do? Jesus says this at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, therefore, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, that's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Putting it into practice. The word shema in Hebrew and "akouo" in Greek is the word listen in our Bible. Shema, the word where we get the word for the prayer, shema. It means listen, listen, or hear, hear. And actually, the root of that word is both listening and doing. They didn't have different words. It was one word. If you're really listening, if you're really hearing, that will lead to doing. Listen and obey. Hear and practice. Receive and respond. And when we do that, that is home. We're truly at home. I I don't want you to miss this. We're truly at home when we can both hear God's word and put it into practice. If you're merely listening and never doing, you've missed it. If you're always doing and never listening, you're you're gonna feel like you're running without direction. I'm pretty tired. I think I'll go home now. Set the environment. Invite Jesus in. Look for Jesus. And then put it into practice. Somehow, get it from here, about nine inches lower, into my heart, into my body. I got to go do something. I'm not just going to be formed by the world like a shuffle, an iPod shuffle. I'm going to be formed by the soundtrack of God's involvement in creation. I'm going to look for his voice, not with my agenda, but with his agenda, which is ultimately, it's going to lead me to Jesus, but then I'm going to be formed into that image of Jesus. The more I get to know him and have a relationship with him, and then as I practice these things, like forgiveness, oh man, forgiveness is hard. Okay, I think I understand it. You say you're sorry, and then the other person says, I forgive you. Perfect, got it. No, you have to practice it. I really hurt your feelings, I broke your heart, I did something I shouldn't have done, I sinned. And that is on me. That has the power. So like forgiveness, take any category, when you put it into practice, all of a sudden it starts to change. Reading the Bible generates life, it produces change, it heals hurts, it builds character, it transforms circumstances, it imparts joy, it overcomes adversity, it defeats temptations, it infuses hope, it releases power, it cleanses your mind. God speaks to you through Scripture. Only if we're reading it in a way that leads to Jesus. So practically, what does this look like? We talked about the environment, Jesus, action, time and place. That's the first thing. Find a time and a place and stay consistent. For me, it's before my kids wake up. (laughs) As much as possible, before my kids wake up, I have a time and a place where I can actually be quiet. Because once they wake up, all of a sudden my prayers start sounding like, you know, God help me today, because it's going to be a long day, and, uh, you know, so it just rolls out of control from there, but, man, if my kids wake up, and I'm a, already a peaceful presence, because I've encountered the living God, and I've allowed him an opportunity to speak to me on his terms, not mine, I'll be a much better father, not in rush hour, not on the way to traffic, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you, hey, You have to do this. There's no magic recipe, but you have to figure out for you, what does this look like for me to set a time and a place and an environment for God to come speak to me? What's the first thing you look at in the morning? 90% of the world look at their phone before they look at anything else. I don't know about you, but I don't want to start my day like that. I don't want to start my day looking at the latest headline every single morning. I don't wanna lay in bed and be worrying. And man, what I hoped would happen didn't happen the way I thought it was gonna happen right before I go to bed. I wanna be infused with the love that comes from Jesus. I want the first thing I see every morning and focus my attention on to be the words of Jesus. And for you, you know, start with the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke, John. Start with Jesus and go from there. You can't go wrong. Look at Jesus. I mean, it's the easiest way to do it. Start with Jesus, then go on to Acts, then see what Paul says about it. He's got some really good letters in the Bible, a few of them. Okay, so how do we do this? Two apps and a challenge. Two apps and a challenge, then we'll land the plane, okay? Now, we can't get away from having a phone. This is the new reality. Okay? We thought iPod was going to be the best thing ever made, and iPod just got discontinued, so I don't know. But this is the thing, right? Everybody knows you, I can't leave home without my phone. So if you can't leave home without your phone, I'm going to give you two apps, and one is the Bible Project app. We've talked about the Bible Project. It's awesome. But you can get the Bible Project app, which you can read the verses and then watch the videos right there. You don't even have to click out of that app and go into another app. Whoa, it's right there. You don't have to do anything. Look, it's, it's got a little handy toolbar at the bottom. Videos, podcasts, Bible, skills. And what's cool about this is this will teach you how to read the Bible with wisdom. All you have to do is open the app and it'll just start, you'll start learning. You'll be an expert in 24 hours. I'm just joking. But take time. Read the Bible. This is a great app. I love this app. I'm in it regularly. And uh, I learn something almost every time when I'm like, oh, man, what is this? Ah, They're just so brilliant. And their tagline is one unifying story that leads to Jesus. Yeah, very good. Second app. I've come across this one more recently. I love it. Lectio365. Pray the Bible every day. Now, this is an app that if you use it well, look, it gives you the whole week. This week was Solomon, a life shaped by learning and wisdom. So every day it takes you through verses. And you start praying scripture and learning scripture. If you get into this regularly, you will begin to experience some transformation, not because of what they've put together, but because it leads you to scripture and to the teachings of Jesus. It's powerful, it's a great app, okay? So, one challenge I have for you. So two apps, one challenge. The challenge I have for you, find a friend, schedule a time to meet, open the Bible together, talk about it, invite Jesus, pray for each other, and then email me, Cameron at Church. I started a group. We are not meant to be alone. We're meant to engage the teachings of Jesus with other people in community, even if it's just one other person. Just find a friend. If you need help finding a friend, come on Sundays. There's plenty of people here that would love to be your friend, would love to get to know you, but we can't take you all the way there. You have to. You have to step out. You know, it's the action. I think it's great in the story of Emmaus. Jesus shows up to them and it says, immediately, immediately they run to Jerusalem. Immediately they run to Jerusalem. And they share with all their friends, you guys will never believe what happened. And you know what happened? Jesus showed up again. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. I'm going to leave you with this, this verse, and then we'll pray and you guys can have a great week. There's a promise. James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. That's a promise. Open your heart to the living God the author of all creation, the center of history, and he will come near to you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word and your wisdom and your life and your love, the voice that you give to us through your scriptures as we turn our hearts and minds to your son Jesus. Help us to do that today. Help us to do that each day. Help us to create a habit and a rhythm of doing that every single day so that we feel, when we feel like we're away from home, we can find a home in you. In Jesus' name.